1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie
2: Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing.
1: Believing is seeing.
3: Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all
2: to hear.
5: Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year and the spooky season alive a little over a month per year this year I am Anthony
4: I'm Julia I'm Ron
3: and I'm Jay
4: Ron and Jay are back it's October of course they're back (laughs) it's October of course (laughs) how are we love it when y'all are on the podcast
3: It's October and it's time to talk some schlocky heart. Who else are you going (laughs) to (laughs) call?
0: The the sound you hear is people hitting the delete button on their iPods, iPhones, and various (laughs) iDevices as they skip this episode looking for something appropriate.
5: Uh, So, Uh, listeners, I want to apologize. Last week I said we were doing Casper this week, but I messed up the schedule. This is what happens when three elves leave the schedule to one person. That's a joke, guys. I'm not making a real dig at Tom and Julia.
4: I mean, I'm perfectly fine leaving you to manage the schedule, so I didn't see a joke in any of that.
5: (laughs) But I remember last week saying, oh, we're kicking spooky season off early because Natalie could only do Casper. and But this is more appropriate to do Black Christmas and, you know, transition into full-on halloween sure before we get it into it though i want to talk about our new to the podcast segment uh julia's adventures in voodoo land where julia goes through my voodoo digital voodoo library <laughs> and uh and watches movies she's <laughs> have never seen before <laughs> and i believe this week she watched two horror movies so julia tell us about that
4: it's a legit segment i'm not even kidding you and i don't have a lot of time to like watch stuff usually whenever I watch things for recreational purposes it's work and it's for the podcast so like I don't devote a lot of time to watching recreationally but then your voodoo just like sings to me from my phone okay so I watched three things (laughs) actually (laughs) so I watched um talk to me the a24 film that Anthony has been telling me please watch please watch please watch
0: now and... that's that's the one where Bruce Willis voices a baby, right? <laughs> a
2: little different. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it, it may pierce the alley though, because of the subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
4: and I liked it. I didn't love it, um, and it, but it was it was truly terrifying to me. So as far as achieving its goal for being super scary, which doesn't take a lot in my world it was super super scary and disturbing which a24 does very well um i also watched um don't worry darling which was fine uh, wow don't Fear worry Fear. darling whatever it's called yep yeah, it was yeah. fine it was fine the winner though was hush because it was a mike flanagan property i was missing on my watch list and he's like my favorite thing of all time um and i hadn't watched that one and anthony got gave me the ability to watch it and whew, that's a good one. That horror, it's like right at my alley. Suspense, intruder, horror, like yes, all of that. Um, but I always feel odd calling that a horror film. I feel like those kind of live on the edge a little bit, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. With, it was terrifying and wonderful and I loved it. So
5: oh, hush.
4: three, three in one week. What's Let's, funny
0: is it's been remade twice in India. So there are literally two different Indian versions of the movie Hush
4: out there. Nice. So the concept um you remember was it Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn? Yes. Where she was blind. I've always loved that movie. Um the premise is great. So this one felt a lot like that but obviously with a twist. Um and so I don't know, maybe this is my new favorite niche <laughs> genre I don't know uh-huh. but I loved it it was great and now I think I'm all set to start all of my October rewatch of any Flanagan property I can get my hands on
0: so you would say that you are a fanigan of Flanagan
4: <laughs> indeed
0: <laughs> how has nobody
5: them. actually you know coined that term you have oh, now we have fanagan.
0: I uh, just did. Come on, and now it's up to <laughs> now it's up to the world to to go forth.
5: <laughs> um, listeners, I'll just say if you want to hear more about Hush, tune into our upcoming Halloween horror movie bracket episode, where uh, Hush was pitted against a all time classic, and uh, did it leave the bracket too soon? Probably, but you be the judge of that. Tonight, though, we are not here to talk about Hush, sadly. We are. Venturing... Yeah, very sadly. <laughs> <laughs> we are venturing forth into our third and final Black Christmas iteration onto the podcast. It's really the first remake, the second version of this movie. Uh, and it's the one that came out in 2006. Okay, quick plot synopsis. The holiday season turns deadly for a group of sorority sisters who are stranded at their campus house during a snowstorm. These co-eds better watch out for a vicious killer is on the loose. And he will not care if they are naughty (laughs) not Thank you, (laughs) Google. Uh, (laughs) You know, um,
0: Anthony, if you'd given me a little runway, uh, I could have slap together a film strip style plot summary for this bad boy that would have knocked your socks off.
4: That was a missed <laughs> opportunity. It is. I mean, it
5: I mean since, since Tom is ghosting us, do you want to do the Tom thing? He provides a plot summary live, uh,
0: yeah. Um, so basically, in this movie, lots of brunettes get murdered, and if you can tell them apart, you are a liar. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. (laughs) Yep.
5: A plus plus summary, A plus impersonation. Before we dive deep, though, I want to know your histories with this movie and Black Christmas in general. We'll start with guests first. So, Ron or Jay, why don't you kick us off?
3: Oh, man. So, Black Christmas 1974 was one of those that got recommended to me through pre-internet horror fans that I had because I was such a mark for Halloween and still am. And people were like, oh, you need to see this or whatever. And I think I just, I don't know, I caught it on cable or something. And I, I thought, eh, I don't know. Lois Lane's kind of boring. Eh. You know, I, I didn't really, I don't think I got it. I was probably too young to really appreciate it. But flash forward many years later um, when I was working for another podcast, this was really before film trip started, and they were in the middle of a Tron series, but a goof, they did the Black Christmas movies. And so I helped do polish and editing on those. And it made me revisit the thing. And I thought, okay, you know, that's not so bad. And then I, I knew the, the remake, though, was coming out, or had come out, and I just had missed it. And so I thought, you know what, I'll I'll watch the remake because I know they're going to do it. I wasn't cutting on that show, but I thought, well, you know, I, I should watch it. And I just remember watching it and having the same reaction Ron just said. I was like, I know all these brunettes, but I also can't tell any of them apart. I just know that's David Cassidy's daughter in the lead, so clearly she's going to live. And, um, <laughs> you know, only to have the horror revisited re- upon me when what I thought was a really good entry into the screen series uh, went with the identical ending. Um, that we'll get into later. But, yeah, so I saw this uh, sometime thereafter, and somehow had forgotten I had purchased a ninety nine cent DVD, and I know it costs that much because the sticker still on the cover uh, that I unearthed to to, uh, to talk about on this show. And so, yeah, um I'm uh, I'm familiar with Black Christmas uh, on that end. I've never seen the newest iteration of it because by all accounts, it's definitely maybe not made for me. And I'm okay with that. That's fine. I don't need to consume it because I feel like I got it the first two times. And uh, uh, this movie's got a lot going on. And I think my tweet today as we were preparing for this was, you better going tune in because Jay has hashtag thoughts about this.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Ron, what about you, sir?
0: Um, I like the original Black Christmas quite a bit uh, the first time I saw it and my only real understanding of this movie uh my my only real uh, memory of it is for of the poster which the theatrical release poster is great it's a dead body with uh, christmas lights all around the face and it's just a close-up of the face they got one googly eyeball staring off into the (laughs) distance and it's got a little card that says black Xmas," and the x is in blood and it looks really cool um Mm -hmm. i don't really remember like being excited about this movie i i 100 know that i saw you know trailers and advertisements for it because this is um, pretty sure this is when i was doing a lot of stuff for den of geek uh, a lot of coverage for movies so i saw every lots of movies that were out and i saw every trailer but i do not remember this one but i do remember being excited when i realized it was glenn morgan and james wong from the x-files involved so that made me very happy and um I also have thoughts on this movie but I will say that unlike what I think Jay's thoughts are going to be mine are going to go in the opposite direction so we we are allowed to have different opinions.
4: Uh let's see Black Christmas history is really on the podcast. Um I know we've we've covered now all the iterations of it. Um and I've only ever watched them because Anthony said watch it it's on the calendar for October. Um so the uh The original version we covered, I mean, I don't love any of these, but it's definitely my favorite. The other one we covered was terrible. So Jay, just don't. Um, And then there's this one, which I actually watched for the first time, I think, last year when we were going to put it on the schedule, because when I started it today, I'm like, I've seen this movie. Why are you making me watch it again? Didn't we already (laughs) cover it? And um, turns out, no, I had done my homework and then we decided to push that episode for whatever reason. So now I've seen this movie two times. Um and I mean there's no other history than that. I I will probably avoid a third watching. Um but I will say Ron I went back and as I was looking through all of the IMDb stuff on this I mean Glenn Morgan stuck out to me too and I was like I should have liked this more. Because I love what he did on the X-Files. But um didn't love this one
0: what if this is Anthony's version of what we did to him and he's doing it to you but (laughs) but gaslighting you that you didn't watch this movie already and you already did
5: (laughs) I would never do that (laughs) you would
0: never do that to Julia you just couldn't do it to us because you couldn't figure out how to pull it off yeah (laughs)
5: Uh, I will say So, Black Christmas, the original. So, this is the first Black Christmas I ever saw, the 2006 version. I saw this movie in theaters in middle school, with a friend. So, saw it on the big screen. Didn't hate it the first time I saw it. I was a middle school kid. What did I know? My palate wasn't refined. Uh, No, I wasn't in middle school. This is 2006. I was in high school. Am I confusing this with another movie? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, we're just probably. Gonna, we're just gonna go with this story. I saw it in high school with a friend. I enjoyed it at the time. Went back to watch the original. Didn't care for the original. Hate the 2019 one. Rewatching this today, it makes me appreciate the original more. I think the original is definitely scarier in some regards. Mostly the phone calls uh having said that i still think this one is the best of the three at least in my opinion so there's that (laughs) um and yeah the fact that this is on the schedule last year and it got pushed that's probably why julie and tom wait till the day of recording to watch stuff now because they got screwed over one too many times by me and that's okay (laughs) (laughs) So this cast consists of a who's who of late 90s, early aughts, it girls from TV and films. We have Kate Cassidy in the lead role as Kelly Presley. I mean, she was the CW girl, right? She was on Melrose Place. She was on the very underrated one season mystery horror show, Harper's Island. She was on Supernatural <gasps> as Ruby. I
4: remember Harper's Island.
5: Yeah. Yeah,
4: I love that show.
5: That was a great show. That was a great show. She was on Supernatural. She played the Demon Ruby recurring roles. She was Black Canary on the CWs, Arrow and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Um, she was in Gossip Girl. She was in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, so
0: She was also in the When a Stranger Calls remake. The
5: only good thing in that remake. Yes, she was. She was. So she has a She's drawn to a type of project, I think. Um, and I will say she was definitely not the worst part of this movie. Um, Michelle Trackingberg is also in this film. Melissa, She plays Melissa Kitt. Uh, side note, we're going to forget all these names when we dive into the plot because they are...
2: <laughs>
3: none of them
5: matter. They're all the same person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: They're all um... parts of, a, of the same person. Let me say this. They're all like pieces of a personality. If you put them together, you might get a whole human.
0: (laughs) Which is, of course, the plot of everyone's favorite movie, Frankenhooker.
5: (laughs) 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 Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, she was in The Adventures of Pete and Pete, Harriet the Spy, and of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was also in Eurotrip. And I remember as a teenager being very disappointed because every poster of that film had her taking her top off and she never did in the film and as a teenager Anthony was very disappointed
0: doesn't her uh body double do that in this movie that's her right but
3: she's a snake the... and that's the other one. Oh, it's the other other brunette
0: <laughs> we, we can't we will not keep them straight don't don't worry folks
5: um a tisapod cast all-star performer. She's in a lot of mm-hmm. Hallmark movies, is in this film. Lacey Chabert plays Dana Mathis. Um, You know, Mean Girls, that was her big role, and a bunch of Hallmark films.
4: These are her pre-Hallmark days, for yeah. sure.
5: These, these are her pre-Hallmark This is her Not Another Teen Movie days.
4: That's <laughs> kind of where she is at this point.
5: <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead, is in this film as heather fitzgerald i love mary elizabeth winstead uh she was in passions not where i loved her from uh <laughs> she was in that awesome superhero film from 2005 sky high if anyone remembers that that was like harry potter from- i
3: do remember that i forgot she was in it but that's yeah that's a good pull so
5: um she was in final destination three and it was after yep. shooting that movie that she was dragged into this film. Um, which allegedly
0: uh, allegedly at 4 a.m. Uh, at the airport. Yeah, she ran into Glenn Morgan at the airport at 4 a.m. and he dragged her off to talk about this movie.
5: Uh fun fact: this film was marketed as a Final Destination film in Japan, I think, or somewhere in Asia. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 uh. She played John McClain's daughter in a few of the Die Hard. She's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which I'll go. Oh, that's now. that's
3: an awesome movie, by the way, and an awesome role for her. I, I love her in Scott Pilgrim. I love everything about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, but yeah, she's amazing in that
5: <laughs> I was about to say, I think that's one of the most overrated movies. I hate oh, that movie. okay, we're we're gonna
3: fight now. Like, oh man, yeah. Okay, that's it. <laughs> to to me, continue. That's all I'm gonna say. That movie rules. So anyway.
0: That movie Uh, does well, James. Thank
3: you,
5: thank you, Ron. She was in 2011's The Thing. She was in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Hey,
3: can I I say, I I saw both those in theaters, by the way. Don't ask me why. But I like that 2011 The Thing. I recently revisited that and it's pretty good. I mean, like, they they go through some painstaking efforts to link that right into the beginning of John Carpenter's The Thing.
5: That's true. Yeah, I like that movie. Um... Most re- more recently, she was in Birds of Prey, and she's currently on Ahsoka on Disney+. Plus. She plays Hira from Star Wars Rebels in live action. Oh, our house mother.
0: I was going to say, you better just go ahead and jump to Andrea Martin before we get yeah. too far along.
5: Yes. Yeah. Our, our house mother, Mrs. McHenry, is played by Andrea Martin, who was obviously in the original Black Christmas as one of the sorority girls. And they always wanted one of the original sorority girls to play the house mother. I think they initially approached Margot Kidder who turned it down. But uh Andrew Martin's probably most well known. Well, I don't I want to say most, but she definitely gained popularity in those cult classic My Big Fat Greek Wedding movies. She's a fun aunt in those movies. Uh I've never seen She her. was
0: in those movies? I had no idea.
5: Mm-hmm she was a big broadway actress including in oklahoma so there's a shout out to for julia and tom
0: (laughs) for for us people who watched way too much nick at night she was in sctv probably the best the second best uh sketch comedy show of all time after the first like four years of saturday night Live, four to Mm -hmm. five years of saturday night Live.
4: for the cast that was just like insane Mm -hmm. Mm
5: She she also did a lot of voice work. She did Anastasia, the Rugrats movie, Jimmy Neutron. So, yeah,
0: and she is on Ted Lasso, or not Ted Lasso. She's on Only Murders in the Building. Excuse me.
5: She is, and I love that show. (sighs) Um, I mean, Billy is played by Robert Mann. Agnes is played by Dean Friss.
0: Doesn't really matter who plays either one of them.
5: Nope.
3: Can I say though, real quick, I, maybe I just retconned this because these movies kind of all live in the same universe. I thought the killers in this movie were played by the same killers in the House of Wax remake that came out maybe like a year before this or whatever. which is actually still pretty good. It's, it's entertaining as heck. Um, it's for nothing more than watch Paris and get eviscerated. Because uh, it was when she was a thing and that's what we all wanted. It. And she knew that and went for it. Uh, but no, th- I mean, the, I thought they were the same person. They looked the same, the, the like, they, But they're totally different people. I looked that up today and I was like, oh man, see, you know, world shattered. Because uh, I thought they were the same person. <laughs> Could have also been the, the killer in the remake of uh, Winter Stranger Calls, by the way, which is also pretty good. It's a little... Yeah, but I mean that whole movie. Like, I, I love When a Stranger Calls, but I'll tell you right now, the middle act of that movie is some of the weakest movie you'll ever find. But uh, you know, the bookends are pretty good. But anyway, but yeah, that all those kind of live in the same sort of post-scream dimension films, pre-platinum dunes. Let's remake every horror property we can from the 50s and 60s with a cool title we'll put a bunch of kids in it we'll get a bunch of slaughter going on real quick and there's always like cannibalism and weird shit going on that's that's all these movies they're all the same thing <laughs>
5: <laughs> so the only other actors I want to bring up in this is because of some stuff she's done since is Karen Connival plays Constance, Billy's mom in flashbacks and if you're a fan of the new Planet of the Apes movies she plays Maurice Yoringatang.
3: Well, I mean, okay, there's some other ones, though. Crystal Lowe has been in a bunch of schlocky horror stuff. She was in Final Destination 3 with uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead and one of the Children of the Corn movies, and Oliver Hudson as the loser next door was, I mean, he was on, like, Nashville, oh, and he's yeah. done a bunch of TV stuff. I mean, he's been around. You know, he's Kate so. Hudson's
0: brother, too.
2: Yeah. I
3: did not know that. Okay, I learned something new. Yeah. I did not know that. So he's in Nepo, baby. That's what you're saying. So, okay.
0: Yep. Also, <laughs> um, care before we go any further. Karen Connival or Connival is on Snowpiercer. She plays the kindly doctor, mm-hmm. uh, which she has a has the face of a kindly doctor, except for in this movie when they make her look terrifying.
5: <laughs> she, she looks like many teeth. Yeah, she looks like the same mother of the man who becomes a bride and bright and black in Obsidian. Uh, cities
2: Hmm. a
3: good yeah. Thing. Yeah, it's a good call.
5: Yeah. So the director of this film, uh, Glenn Morgan, as mentioned before, he was a huge fan of the original. He cites it as a predecessor to modern slasher films, which it is, but that's why he no, wants to it. <laughs> it totally is.
0: Oh, no, uh, it's Mar- not. Psycho is
3: 14 years older than this movie. Please. anyway. <laughs> yeah, and between
0: Psycho and that movie was a lot of Mario Bava.
3: Yes, thank you. But,
0: but <laughs> as far as American movies go, you could probably say that if it wasn't for Black Christmas, there wouldn't have been Halloween. That's Look, terrible. I just want to
3: point out to everybody that the guy that directed the original Black Christmas also brought us Porky's and a Christmas story. So Bob Clark had an Uber <laughs> to be to be undenied. <laughs> and
0: and uh, you left off baby geniuses.
3: I did I, well, for reasons, but yes, that that was also in his career. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so i i'm curious about his decision to remake a film he holds in such reference because i would almost find that daunting but he wanted to take it to the next level he said so when conceiving the new script he wanted to expand upon ideas that were left ambiguous or implied in the original such as the cryptic phone calls received by the severity um he did get he did receive some ideas by bob clark the original director who co-produced the remake however the weinstein brothers meddled they changed the ending they added the cannibalism subplot to billy uh after this movie was all done they went back and made them shoot scenes that are only for the trailer because they wanted a more exciting trailer so a bunch of scenes were shot after the movie was done, so the Weinstein's put in commercials and trailers.
3: So, yeah, can I jump in here real quick with this? Because it, it, it's easy to and and rightfully so to want to you know beat Harvey Weinstein in with a with a pig iron or whatever, and, and I'm all about that too. But if you <laughs> don't like things that have happened in the Dimension I thing, you need to lay that at the feet of Bob. Because Bob had some of the worst ideas of all the Dimension Horror movies. If you don't like anything about uh, Halloween Curse of Michael Myers, it's probably because Bob messed with it. All right? Any, any of those. Like that's, Bob is notorious for, I have this stupid idea that must be in this movie, even though thematically it makes no sense whatsoever. And <laughs> then they will shove it into the film at all times. And it's, I, I wonder how much of what Glenn Morgan wanted to write actually got on the screen. Because this feels like a Bob Weinstein grab bag of bad ideas.
0: And and we all know from experience and having watched it, any Weinstein movie, they go back and re-edit the movie however they want it, regardless mm-hmm. of director, writer, star input. They're going to do what they're going to do. That's one of the reasons why uh, Hayao Miyazaki, after they brought over Princess Mononoke had carved it to bits d- resisted bringing any movies to America for theatrical distribution even though people were leaving bags of money at his house.
4: I didn't know any of this.
0: He was so offended by the cuts to the movie he had a samurai sword made and sent to the Weinsteins with a note that says use this to edit your next movie. <laughs> oh my
3: god. <laughs> Or possibly what, what, do the honorable thing.
5: We do gotta give Bob some credit here, though, Jay and Ron, because, I mean, if Bob was in charge of all the horror stuff, he must have been pissed at Harvey during the making of Scream 3 to put that producer character Milton in the villain role there. who was basically oh. a Harvey Weinstein.
0: They, they were um, just trying
3: to throw the scent off. They were throwing that <laughs> on somebody no, else.
0: No, they famously <laughs> didn't like each other. They did not get along with <laughs> I mean,
3: who knows what, what that movie even was. Aaron Kruger was literally writing that on the back of cigarette wrappers on the set because the internet had happened and nobody understood security. <laughs> and, and so the script had been out there forever. I, Yeah, well, my thoughts on screen three are well-documented, but Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
5: um so let's dive into this film and i'm gonna need the help of the three of you to walk through this plot because at some point just i don't know who's who and it just gets confusing but the film opens up (laughs) you you know you can say a lot about this film we are a christmas podcast so it's atmospheric as heck the sorority house looks beautiful tons of christmas music
3: snow it 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 looks like they took the house from a christmas story and said let's shoot a cheap horror movie
5: <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um and we get one of these sorority girls up in her room she's writing an apology note to her sister I guess when an unseen figure kills her. Then, in what manner? This is a saran wrap around the head, right? Yes, the court screen. Uh, the trash boy, bag. Yeah. Stark so what well, yeah. the like trash bag, right? Yes. And then we cut to a scene that's out of the campiest of halloween movies at this crazy asylum where uh, <laughs> 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 Bill, uh first of all for a uh, asylum beaut- again beautifully decorated for the holiday uh where we start hearing getting uh tidbits about billy who is locked up he's been locked up for what 15 years since he killed his family on christmas
4: Every year he tries to make an escape.
5: Every year. Yeah. We get we get a horny Santa Claus who uh you know is amazed to keep Billy there with only a padlock on the door and the security guard's like, You wanna see him? And Santa's <laughs> like, No. But Billy, he's a kind guy. He lives a gift for the security guard.
4: And what's this gift, Julia? It's just a wadded up ball of wrapping paper that says, I'll be home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
5: And of course, while the security guard's looking at this, we get a shot of Billy in his room in the rocking chair. Again, his room is decorated for Christmas, so they must trust these patients not to hurt themselves. Yeah, it's <laughs> real nice. Um, uh, and he's just sucking on a candy cane, and you see it's getting sharper and sharper. So you know what he's gonna do with his candy cane. And sure enough, the guard goes in and Billy kills him.
4: Haven't we all done this with candy canes? What, Make shifts out of them. Yeah. yeah, not the stabbing part, but the shift part.
0: Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. not the stabbing part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
4: shift,
3: shift candy caning is, is a time honored tradition. Um,
5: if you want to hear about uh Ron stabbing people with candy canes, uh, tune into our horror bracket episode where he goes in on length about the Louisville Purge and how he defended his home with a candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah.
4: this had better be, nice. be the best episode i ever listened to as much as i'm gonna say
2: it
3: like yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have to like base this one out for a lot of stuff <laughs> <laughs> sounds epic um, the, the, the thing okay i'm just gonna say this now like the and i don't know whose fault it is so i'm just gonna blame everybody involved with it <laughs> the, the movie <laughs> has to tell the back i understand you want to tell the backstory of your killer and because it's the early aughts which is pretty much just the 90s still we we have to do it in you know reverse order we can't do anything in chronological order because you know we all want to be Christopher Nolan at this point even before he was a thing so (laughs) we're we're, we're trying to be Tarantino and and Kevin Smith and all this stuff at the same time and you have to tell the killer's backstory but, like, you have three different people to tell it. You you have the guard. You have this. You get to see what he does. And then you get to see flashbacks. And then you get to see the townie later who tells it mm-hmm. all in what I can only assume was, like, ordered one scene ADR voiceover, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Because the test audience is like, who are these people? Because I, I sure can't tell them apart. And I, you know, yeah, there, there's so, like, the motivations of these killers are like their own set of podcast academia
0: because you have one who has
3: like a disease so it deforms his skin he's got some sort of jaundice that makes him this hue of yellow that doesn't exist in any natural crayola world Mm. that any of us ever grew up in and then you have his sister who's also part of this spoiler alert but it's also his daughter because we had to work in, not only is he a cannibal, but his mother screwed him. And like, okay, by the way, I thought I'd seen the grossest sex scene ever with Silent Night, Deadly Night 5 or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I forgot. It's this movie. And so <laughs> the grossest one of all times. So we, we have to have incest. We have to have Christmas killer. We have to have drunk sorority girls being mean to each other. And we have to have uh, jaundice killer and... I mean, like, they shoved so much crap into this one 90-minute movie. I felt like it was four hours long. I, I thought I was watching a Stephen King mini series at one point. Uh, there's so many motivations going on.
5: I'm glad you brought up the time because it feels way longer than 90 minutes. right around – I was going along fine with it, but around the hour mark, I'm like, holy crap, there's still half an hour left in this. Like, Yeah, there's eight least... minutes of credits, too, so that tells you how
3: long this feels.
5: Yeah. <laughs> But you're right. But I mean, you're right, uh, Jay. It was the the way they ex- explained his backstory with three different characters throughout the movie. It did not work for me. It was also confusing to me how they kept going back of course. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we cut to this sorority house, which used to be Billy's house. And it's Christmas Eve, and the girls, for some reason, are still planning on going home. They haven't gone home yet for whatever reason. But they're all getting ready for their Secret Santa gift exchange. Um, But our house mother, Mrs. Uh, McHenry, she's she not all the girls are there. Plus, no one can open their gifts until Billy opens his, because I guess I I would like to.
0: I would like to raise a point, Anthony. Yes, it does not take place on Christmas Eve. It just takes place before Christmas, uh, like, as everyone's leaving for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, can I say
3: I appreciated that, too, because a lot of times, as someone who's worked on college campuses for two plus decades now, like, when they set movies at the holiday time, I'm like, obviously, none of these people ever went to a real college, because I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing that vacates quicker than a college at the holiday. As soon as that last mm-hmm. exam is done, folks, is gone. Like the the locals get to come out then that's our time. The kids are gone, <laughs> so I'm glad that like they they at least did acknowledge that. I'm with you, Rod. That was that was well done. Like no semester just ended, we still got to do our stuff. Because I'm going to tell you all right now, the college town I work in, like graduation is December the eighth, December the ninth. This place is over. There's forty thousand <laughs> less people here.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, classic SNL uh, bit, Christmas time for the Jews. Except it's it's uh, <laughs> a holiday for the townies.
2: Yes, yes,
3: it's our it's our time to come out and, and see you know the grocery store again.
5: <laughs> Good shout though, you're right. It's a week leading up to Christmas or whatever, right before Christmas break.
0: It, and... it doesn't matter because the time is meaningless. Yes. So you... They, uh, they, they go to such great lengths to obfuscate it by throwing in the blizzard anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
5: Yep. Yeah, and our house mother apparently it's a tradition to get Billy, the locked up and incarcerated serial killer who murdered his whole family in this house, a gift, which is weird. And I looked I mean, it up. it's
4: super weird. What? What a tradition! Living in that house after that happened is super weird, but.
5: I did look it up. There are some cultures that will still get gifts if somebody died in a house, like for the person who died in the house. But this guy is a living serial killer. That that is...
3: feels like something that the Warrens created to make money on the side. That, <laughs> that's what that feels really <laughs> <is>. like. <laughs> and not the good ones. Not not the Patrick Wilson beer from Mego Warrens. Not the good ones. No, the real ones, the Griffins.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, Annabelle could use a new pair of shoes. Uh, the thing needs the money. Yeah, just leave the money with my much younger girlfriend. <laughs> I'm Ed Warren. <laughs> I don't know why I gave him that voice, I don't know what he sounds like. It doesn't really matter.
3: It's sort of Patrick Wilson's voice from The Watchmen, though, just to be fair.
0: But that just makes you want to give Lorraine Warren the Rorschach voice.
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean... Hey, you're locked in here with me. <laughs>
5: they're essentially <laughs> religious superheroes in the movie so she may as well have them I mean fair yeah so while they're waiting to open gifts they're trying to figure out where their these other girls are obviously we know the one is dead they believe another one's upstairs writing a, an apology note to bury the hatchet with the sister Lacey Lacey Chabert's like I wish I could bury the hatchet with my sister or should I say in my sister ha 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 <laughs> yeah and now this is a moment I wanted Tom here for because we get one other girls, Lauren Okay, me, I'm still here. I know. I was about to say, this is <laughs> this is going to give you a chance to play Tom here, Ron, because she goes on a rant about Christmas here, and uh, I was really looking forward to Tom's response. So, Ron, I'm going to read this quote, and you can respond. <laughs> as Tom. And Lauren is over this whole Christmas thing. She's like, Christmas is more about warding off evil spirits and Halloween. What Christmas... In this room resembles anything Christian, huh? It's all neo pagan magic. Christmas tree, a magical rite ensuring the return of the crops. The mistletoe is nothing but a conception charm. Fifth century Christians jacked a Roman winter festival. Twelve days in December, when the nights are long and the earth is ruled by the demons of chaos, and (laughs) Santa Claus, this fat voyeur that watches you all year long to make sure you live up to standards of decency (laughs) or breaking into your house, and that is different from what Billy did. How? Did um, did Ari Aster do a rewrite on this cuz that feels very
3: mid-summer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you threw me off, Jay. I had my um um actually Saint Nicholas was a real saint and he does not deserve this uncalled for <laughs> shot on his reputation. <laughs>
3: That's a bravo. That is a very good dog. <laughs> well, we know St. Nicholas is a saint. We saw him running after some dongs with L's and that that rare export.
4: Oh, yep, it did.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah. It always comes yeah. up. I swear. Yeah.
0: That's what she said. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so, Ron, this is where my memory gets a little foggy. <laughs> Why don't you take it from here for a bit?
0: Okay, so. Have we gotten to the part where we got to the part where the girl um goes up to the attic and finds the body? We get to the part where the other girl gets killed. Uh, We got to the party where they're having the (laughs) they're starting to get the threatening phone calls. Right. Billy makes his first big phone call, which was Glenn Morgan's whole reason to do this movie. But I I feel like that there must be a cutting room floor with a bunch of different phone calls on it, because I feel like they just do this a few times and then kind of drop the gimmick, except for later when it shows back up. Um,
3: Can I tell you, I
0: believe in this, and it's because the way these actresses
3: are reacting to the phone call does not match the performance coming out of the phone. It's like they were reacting to a different cut. And then they put in no. I want the more menacing one because that's how Bob talks now. And they went with that <laughs> instead. And like they're they're having sort of these non plus reactions to I'm gonna eat your liver in your face and that you know, all this kind of weird shit on the phone <laughs> when it's it should be more like in the original one, which he's, he's like it's it's almost like a joke to the sorority girls, which is sort of funny. And mm-hmm. this one like they're they're so over it, but the voice is so much more menacing. And I was like, man, it's like they recut all of that, but didn't do any alternate takes of their faces
0: well like in the original one it's just a dirty phone call right it's just a guy making yeah. weird noises and mm-hmm. yeah, his lips Tuck. or whatever it yeah. was way
5: more intimidating in the original with the weird pig sounds and...
0: well yeah, i three, mean yeah. and that's that's also something that you could conceivably laugh off if you're a 1970s sorority house and you're used to people making weird phone calls to you all the time like sure. ted like ted bundy or whoever um but I I feel like there there's something to be said for the fact that they don't respond to these phone calls the way that they should because these are and I feel like this is the part where um, excuse me all right so we're gonna do the thing we did with scream except we're not gonna have the guy from scream do it we're gonna get another guy because the guy from scream has now cost too much money so we're gonna get another guy to do it he's gonna do the big phone calls we're gonna do that he's gonna be i gonna use your liver in all your faces and then everybody's gonna be scared but we're not gonna to bother to reshoot it <sighs> excuse me yes
2: yes. <laughs> If that was
3: supposed to be an impression of me, I I would <laughs> <laughs> up.
0: No, that was that was Harvey. But you know, what what, what if it works, it works. <laughs> but in the midst of this threatening phone call coming in, we get um, the girl from space above and beyond shows up as the half sister <laughs> Lee Colvin, who yeah. is the half looking for her de- her her sister Claire, who we know is dead, but who is not dead. And as if that visitor wasn't shocking enough, uh, we cut upstairs to the uh, boyfriend of one of the girls, Kelly, I think is the girl's name. I don't remember yeah. which one that is. Yeah, but, the
3: blonde is Kelly, yeah. So. Yeah,
0: but the um, the boyfriend is is uh, her boyfriend, although we don't know it's her boyfriend, is up there looking at um, sex tape on an iMac. And, of course, this, <laughs> of course, startles everyone Um
5: because and upsets her because it's not a sex tape with her, yes. And
4: it's one of a, another girl in the house, right? Who is dead at yeah. this point, yeah.
0: One yeah. of the yeah. dead girls, but yeah. not thankfully yeah. not before she was dead. Although I wouldn't put it past Harvey Weinstein to have tried to edit that in the uh. movie at some point. But, um, <laughs> Man,
3: I was gonna ask, is this Bob making a rub on Harvey? Because I think it is. Oh, <laughs> I,
0: I could definitely see that, yeah, but. Uh, Kyle makes some noise and everyone comes running upstairs and they catch him. They try to make the the video becomes a point of tension for like 10 minutes in this movie mm-hmm. in between Kyle reciting Townie backstory about the legend of Billy Lenz. Yeah. And it's just this kind of like they keep going nearer and nearer to the computer and you keep getting shots of the computer like sitting ominously in the background mm-hmm. and kelly's just kind of rummaging and wrote rum- like we know she's going to find it number one number two we know it's not going to matter because this movie is called black christmas and everybody's gonna get stabbed
2: mm-hmm. like
0: there's no point to construct this like uh-oh is he gonna try to figure out a way to hi- number one you should have just like closed the laptop when the people came in or number two you know like kind of lean on the computer or get behind the desk or do something uh, if this is really something you're trying to hide. But or number three,
3: that's... pull the shaggy defense. It wasn't me. It's grainy video, for goodness sake.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, 2000, <laughs> it's 2006 webcam video. It's not exactly, you know, HD. And it's not like this guy has some really striking facial features. It's not a bad-looking guy or anything. But he, he looks like every other person who's on the CW. So, like... <laughs> yeah.
5: He's also I, an awful red herring. They try to make him a red herring and it's just written badly. Like oh. when he well, there's, there's the him. There's
3: the, there's the mousy girl whose name, I don't know, doesn't matter. That's also the mm-hmm. red
2: herring. Her oh name is For half
3: a second. <laughs> yeah, for half a second, they want you
5: to think Mary Elizabeth Winstead's the red herring. Everybody's mm-hmm. the red herring. Can so, we yeah, talk about Eve for a minute? Because, like, come on. Mm-hmm. No, like, talk about a let's make this most cartoonish stereotype ever. Ever, yep of a nerdy girl who who the, the house mo- the house mother of this movie is obsessed with the legacy admissions she's a legacy her parents were here you would be nice uh, uh, whatever
0: that's that is apparently a, a big deal in sororities and fraternities oh, i know i once know someone gets in
5: the writing man
3: I mean, again, I don't know who to who to blame for that enough because it's just another one of the half baked cookie ideas this movie has. Like, and <laughs> I, I don't totally hate it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is not at least mildly entertaining, but it does go on way longer than its runtime feels, and it's because of these things. There's all these like drop threads of just nothing that don't have anything to do with the central story, and the problem is, it's the same problem that When a Stranger Calls has that. The central story is so simple that you really only need about 30 minutes to tell it. So what do you do for the rest of the time? Well, you got to have all this other drama that will attract the people that are targeted to this movie. Except I, you know, it's like every other Friday the 13th, like sequel past four, you're just rooting for people that you hated in high school to get killed. That's what this
2: <laughs>
0: <is>. <laughs> I feel like somewhere there's like a two hour cut of this movie. That, oh makes a, that makes a lot more sense and isn't nearly as offensive to uh, that,
5: the european to cut UJ. is six minutes shorter
0: <laughs> yeah and you it know also what? has a completely different <laughs> ending than this one which is probably good
5: yeah it's probably the good end
3: <laughs> compared to what we get but yeah
5: so at this point there's an argument right about leaving the house versus staying because they called campus police and they can't get there for at least two hours because was a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. So right. house, so house mom wants to leave with I forget which girl wants to go with her
4: because the power's out. Because the power's yeah.
5: out.
0: Heather is the girl that wants to leave.
5: Yeah, and the
3: older sister who I thought was Carla Gugino, but is not, want, wants to stay and look after. Wants to find her sister. Right. That's yeah. It's,
0: uh, yeah. She's the poor man's Carla Gugino. I wish okay. it had been Carla Gugino because it would have been a better movie. I
3: agree 100,000%. I
5: yeah. agree, but I don't even think Carla Gugino is a good actress.
0: Well, Carla Gugino isn't married to Glenn Morgan and this lady is. Yeah.
5: Okay. So, Fair.
0: you know.
3: Yeah, you know. David Mamet, Rebecca Pigeon, Rob Zombie, Sherry Moon. I'm there. It's okay.
0: Uh, Steven Spielberg and uh, what's your face? Kate Capshaw.
3: Kate Capshaw. Yeah. yeah. I think we have just named four incredibly poor actresses in a row. That's yeah, they can't like, all they
0: can't all be that. Frances McDormand, Jay. Come on. That's, oh, this is also true. <laughs>
5: so when so this scene is hilarious, So Mrs. McCready and Mary Elizabeth Winston want to leave. They go out to the car, they get in the car, but of course snow's covering the windshield. So Mrs. McCready gives a uh, sorority girl the brush to clean it
0: down. It's a completely inappropriate scraper for this environment. If you live in a place really with a blizzard, you that blizzards, yeah. you gotta have I have a better scraper than that in my car, and I live in Kentucky. <laughs> you got some de icer like liquid,
3: man. Like yeah. that existed in 2006. I know for a fact. So.
5: But uh, this girl doesn't even know what the brush is for, apparently, because she's so spoiled and entitled. She can't put two and two together. And uh so Mrs. McCready leaves the car to do herself complaining about what an entitled brat she is.
0: Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite sequences in this movie, and and it's also one of my favorite um, things. Because she's out there, she's scrubbing the ice off the wind uh, the windows, and she can just see a glimpse of Billy or Agnes or someone moving around in the car. And the next thing you know, there's a scream, and then there's a, uh, she explodes with blood all over the front windshield. And that just made me laugh and clap my hands like a child. I was very. Can,
3: I, can I agree hundred percent with this? Like that when they finally get around to doing the kills, I'm like, okay, this is clearly what Glenn Morgan is here for because he knows how to direct the splatter. And that this movie, get, <laughs> if it does nothing else right, it gets that right. It's the thing that House of Wax probably gets right more than any of these is the splatter factor. And it, it's. I mean, this movie does not hold back on that. So I will give it credit for that. I'm with you.
0: It's Agreed. a little disappointing that Andrea Martin does in dies such here. a real-world way that people actually die and not murdered yeah. by a, the yellow bastard from Sin City. But
2: mm-hmm. well, you,
3: you brought something up, and I want to ask the room real quick. So Julia, Anthony, when did y'all know there was more than one killer and that Agnes was also involved in this situation?
5: I figured from the beginning, because Billy hadn't broken out yet head and Claire uh killed the girl with
4: the Yeah. 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 Two-person job at that point. Yeah, it's too it's too obvious, right? Like they, they have to yeah. this
5: had to be the Weinstein's yeah. like uh oh well, scream was such a big hit and that big two killer twist really took off the people. So <laughs> let's uh overcomplicate the plot of the original Black Christmas Yeah, let's do
3: what two. we did seven years ago way better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, Go but ahead, that's Ron. the thing with this movie. You can't tell if it's a, a deliberate attempt to, like, foreshadow something, or if they just said, oh, this is boring, let's cut two minutes out of this, and it doesn't make any sense, but nobody cares, because we're not here for this movie to make sense. We're here to watch Spam get chopped up in a, a remote <laughs> house. Right? Yeah, like, I mean,
3: it, it's yeah. But This is the, also the thing, like, this was the thing in House of Wax, that it was obviously going to be two killers. You just didn't know which brother it was at which time. Spoiler alert, by the way, for a movie that's 18 years old. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, that mean, but yeah, you knew it was coming. So I was like, oh, it's like they just replayed the beat again. You know, because again, I thought they were the same actors, same stunt people playing because they look the same. If you go watch those two movies back to back, I mean, that'd be a heck of a double feature. Watch House of Wax and watch this. Uh, you know back to back I mean that'd be three hours of your life you'll never retrieve but if you've got that kind of time uh you know there are worse ways to spend it but I mean really like it's the same beat and I feel like they're just kind of playing the hits at this point Like because house of is a massive hit they've made a lot of money so mm-hmm. it's, like I can see why you want to do it I mean if it works do it I, I get it but sheesh I mean ACDC's made a career playing three songs y'all I mean come on <laughs> <laughs>
0: very kind of you to say that ACDC has three different songs
5: okay, hey we're no insulting ACDC they do they have, they have the Bon Scott song and then the two songs the Brian sang that's kind of yeah, that's fair yeah. so I, I'm curious because Julia's obviously never seen this one before what do you think of the whole incest plotline here Julia
4: I mean <laughs> that's the weirdest lead in you've ever given me I don't know I don't love an incest plotline not my favorite thing to see in a movie Um, but it felt like they just used it to make her weirder and more terrible you know what i mean like it didn't have gravitas to to it at all and it's weird yeah you're right and it's
5: weird to me because like you would think like you feel some modicum of sympathy for her because she was a little bit of an incest baby and she clearly had mental problems Right. Well, it, it's yeah, like they're creating sympathy for the killer, too,
3: but then at no point do they want to cash in on it. So like, oh, no, I get it. Why you kill your brother? No. She did that to you, right? But then they'll know he's going to be the most awful thing that ever existed. You know, I mean, that's at least Frankenstein. Yeah. Point.
2: Terrible.
0: It's the uh, unsuc- the unsuccessful version of what Rob Zombie tried to do in Halloween.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah. What?
0: you tried to give you sympathy for the killer.
5: Well, I—that's a debate for another time. Whether that worked or not. <laughs> oh, it didn't at all. But yeah, you but he, you he at least
0: tried something new.
5: So after the house mother dies, we're back in the house, and this is what well, you think is going to be the big climax until we get to the hospital, and it just goes on and on. But
2: mm-hmm. what happened?
5: <laughs> what happens here in the house? Mm-hmm. So Agnes and Billy confront Kelly. Hmm. And Lee, right? It was Do crazy. we
3: know why they're fixated on Kelly over no. everyone else? Or was it just because she was the one that lasted? Is that it?
5: I, I think, think it's just because she lasted. It would have made more sense the if they, you know, oh huh. mom was a blonde or you know, some kind of fixation like Jason with Mrs. Morvey's or
0: No, Mom was another maybe he just hates brunettes and this this blonde reminds him of Agnes, because isn't Agnes blonde? Question No, right?
3: Agnes is definitely a brunette.
5: And he doesn't even in, like in, Agnes. In the... He gouged out her eye.
0: But then, like
3: she joins him as a tag team partner. It's like the weirdest WWE booking of all time. You know,
4: I beat the crap out of you. and Now you're on my team because you're fun. my family now, right? Because that's what she keeps yeah, saying. Exactly.
0: Isn't that the yeah, whole I... premise behind the Blackpool Combat Club and AEW right now?
3: <laughs> more, more or less. Yeah. You beat the yeah, crap out of the that. guy, and
0: then you give him the 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 colors to join.
3: Yeah, it's it's a blood in, blood out. Game thing sure outsiders i'm sure Down that's my honor se hitting yeah that's what they're doing they're going all the way back do it for johnny man we do it for johnny
0: <laughs> uh you completely you completely skipped the part where um Kyle gets dragged up into the attic
2: Yes. Oh
3: right, because I mean, there were three. We, we all wanted. Them. We all wanted to drag Kyle through the attic at that point. I think, right. <laughs> it yeah, yeah. worked fact, that he's, the annoy, he's the annoying. He's the annoying county. Um, he's the cheating boyfriend. He makes sex tapes just like somebody else. We all know. I mean, yeah, he had like there were triple reasons to murder him harshly.
0: And he and he, yeah. and he did that really long exposition dump.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. In in, your, in a new girls come and go. You get to leave every year. We're stuck so here. Yeah. Hey, as Hey, as somebody who knows a lot of townies, by the way, I was going to say, like, they love the fact that these people come and go because that's money. Like, yeah. They're not – no townie bartender is mad at the sorority girls that drop $50 covers Thursday night and then blow out of town <sighs> in December. No, thank you very much. My kid has the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip because of this. Thank you.
0: I mean, <laughs> and also, lots of those kids, when they move out from colleges, just leave a bunch of stuff behind, and townies always descend on the campus to root through their stuff. Or at least they did when yes. I was in college.
3: They still do. The <laughs> only thing that's like is the reprehensible part are all the poor dogs that get left at the shelter and stuff. That's kind of,
2: oh. yeah, but,
3: you know, yeah. So there's always like the Humane Society does a really big like dog um, adoption thing right around the holidays and, and in May after the graduation. You're pretty sad. But
0: what's mm. funny, I was moving out of uh, my dorm one time and I left the, uh, left my refrigerator by the van and went back in to get some other stuff. When I came back, my refrigerator was gone.
4: Oh my gosh! <laughs> How long were you gone?
0: Five minutes. Oh my gosh. Was this like
3: the the dorm fridge? You're not talking like full-size here, right? No,
0: yeah, no, like a dorm fridge.
3: Okay, I was like, somebody came along with like a hand truck? And like moved That's what I was thinking. It was like a full-size Yeah,
0: two guys just threw it in the back of a pickup ready. truck.
3: They were just waiting like that that guy with the beard is going to drop it. I know it.
4: You need to turn no. that to a career. The the Louisville
0: purge sounds wilder and wilder the more I hear about it. <laughs> I like the way you're making references to that, and Julia has no idea what you're talking about, but she's hey, laughing. Or that be
2: or me, by by the the way, way. great. I have no I already
3: know. I've no told clue. you
0: this story, Jay, didn't I?
3: No, I didn't hear the Louisville purge, but don't tell me. I want to hear it on this podcast. This epic yeah. podcast. Okay,
4: Jay and I are super jazzed yeah. about that episode yes we we will be
3: we will be we'll ha- we'll have to just have like a a podcast about that podcast
4: we really will <laughs>
5: we should we should have a reaction show just to- <laughs> a, a, a reaction with what they got wrong Bef-
0: before we leave the uh the attic and Kyle's death and baby Agnes, who is now adult Agnes
5: hmm.
0: who which one is jabbing out the eyes? Are they both jabbing out the eyes?
4: I think isn't Agnes is- the I- eye jabber.
5: Yeah, I assume she. Yeah, I
0: thought her. I thought that was like her thing
3: because it happened to her, so that's like her, exactly. her go to. Yeah,
4: and she likes to eat them.
3: Yeah,
4: and that's like a whole yeah. thing.
3: Although the I do think at some point so he dumb. eats.
4: He eats the. He ate her eyes at one point. Oh, yeah,
0: okay he, he, he ate her eyes. That's what yeah, I thought. So maybe they were, it was like a, uh, they were like in on it together, and because when you got two eyes, you can split the eyes, and everybody gets an eye, Good. and that's everyone's right. happy. Yeah. I mean, not the person it's like with the, no it's eyes,
5: but.
2: Like,
3: it's like the, it's like happy. the Christmas candy.
5: <laughs> you know? Can we just say there was no need for this cannibalism subplot? Mm-hmm. I don't know why the wine. There was no need for the uh, incest subplot clear, either. Man. But
3: hey, we we had
4: it just oh, for added gore.
0: Well, it's yeah. two thousand. It's two thousand and late, and you got to be edgy. And there's nothing edgier than eating eyeballs and cannibalism and making back fat cookies out of your dead mm. mom. Yeah.
5: Exactly.
0: See how that yeah, worked we've... out
5: for Army Hammer,
0: from... oh! <laughs> Did
5: at he make back they... fat cookies? at least was into cannibalism. Yeah,
0: Billy Army Hammer was super into cannibalism, super into cannibalism, <laughs> or at least talking about cannibalism in a in a disturbingly sexual manner. So, if, if you were in a timeshare,
3: you would feel the same. So. <laughs>
0: If you were a billionaire, you would have already eaten someone if you're Army Hammer. You really wanted to.
3: I mean, this is also true. He did
0: play one of the Winkleby twins. So he played both of them. Both
5: of the Winklevoss twins.
0: Yeah,
3: well, I know, but he wasn't the body at both times. I think that, that was I forget the other Josh, somebody did that other one. He went on to do things, but I can't remember his name now. Sorry. But anyway, <clears throat> no. I, I you're right, Julia. It's it's another thing they've thrown in this movie again, like like I've railed about already. This we have to be ultra extreme. It's it, everything is to the tenth degree. It's incest, jaundice, blood, eat the eyeballs. Also Christmas, but we're not going to say that. I remember like the one of the protests for this, and this was hilarious. Was that they took the Christ out of Christmas? I'm like, bro, it's Black
5: Christmas, man. The original is about an abortion. For goodness <laughs> sakes. Like, come
3: yeah. on! like I, don't, I think that's the least of this movie's problems. My favorite
5: <laughs> so... my favorite controversy was this open Christmas Day and religious groups were like, yeah. why? And now, like, frickin', you can't go a week without a horror movie opening, including Christmas if you <laughs> every holy holiday. Right, right. Like,
0: and well, it's and not, look, like, 1974, man. We've seen so many Christmas horror movies at this point. Mm-hmm. Like,
3: also most people's Christmas is a horror movie so he's going to the theater as an escape
0: so. yeah you, you bring your, your your mom cookies from home made out of her back fat and then you sit in the movie theater and you watch um I don't know whatever came out of Christmas some Batman Begins Again or whatever <laughs>
3: Batman Begins again sounds like a Hallmark movie. Lacey Chabert would be in, by the way.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I will say, in the attic, I liked the um, final reveal of the the different women. Not all the women, but several of the women um, dead in the set piece with the lights and the head as the you know angel on the tree. And it looked very yeah, the
3: twisted Christmas decorations. Yeah, I
4: like that. It had a nice color to it and. You know oh, it was well shot. It's, it's the a court. total
5: Halloween ripoff. But it, it works. I mean,
4: is it a Halloween ripoff?
5: Oh, well, Michael used to. Michael would. But Michael Myers is like his thing is to hang decorations all the time. Oh. So, yeah. So, the best Black Christmas movie still has been made, and that's basically the a sequel to Halloween, where Michael just mm-hmm. kills at Christmas. <laughs> but Anyway,
4: <laughs> how did oh. they get out of the attic, guys? I mean, one of them falls through yeah. the roof, and the other one falls in between the walls, which uh, new fear triggered. Thank you very much for somebody who really loves old houses. Like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> this week on This Old House, Bob Vila will show you how to escape
3: when the killer's coming at you through the burning head. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Weather Alert Cobb will show you how to escape through the walls, too.
0: <laughs> there's there's lots of movies that'll show you how to be a killer trapped in a killer inside the walls of a house i mean the people oh, the under the stairs gary Busey. yeah gary yes. bc hide her in the house the people under the stairs <laughs> um whatever that new Zealand, whatever that new zealand movie is um whose name escapes me where she's on house arrest oh uh, yeah I weird you're sounds. About. it's actually really yeah. good and i'm blanking on the name but
3: i'll give you another really good one with tim madison and i think Je- uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, I think, it's in it. It's called Buried Alive or something like that. Yeah, but like this guy, like his his wife. Spoiler alert for a fifty year old movie. Almost, uh, th- his wife tries to like poison him for the insurance money or whatever. And so he's like this master carpenter. So he gets her and her lover, who I think is William Atherton, uh, the the bad guy from the Die Hard and the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. movie, uh, to like is the lover, and he traps him in the house and like builds this elaborate. Tomb of plywood around them. It's it's pretty epic. I I recommend it's good USA up like
2: <laughs>
0: I say, but, yeah. Or you know just a, a cask of Amontillado Yeah, yeah,
5: that, that's true. Yeah,
2: classic. Yeah.
0: but I really love that sequence in the attic, and I like the the fight and how nasty it gets, and I really love the visual of Ag- uh, Agnes climbing up the walls like a spider, uh, like like a spider yeah. monkey. Yeah. Um, and it's like did the people who do American Ninja Warriors see this and were like oh this can be one of the things we do in our obstacle course because <laughs> it's literally she's doing the, the spider the, the spider walk or whatever it's mm-hmm. called
5: I think the people who saw cobwebs who made cobwebs
3: and I, <laughs> was I, I think the web. people that saw this movie saw the re-edited version of the exorcist and was like oh, we can do that
2: so
3: <laughs> and went for that I think that's what
5: happened And for more Exorcist content, stay tuned to our Patreon episode in which me and Julia covered the Exorcist for our... Uh, yeah.
0: Nice. Oh,
5: can't wait.
3: Look, can't wait. Fun fact, the first time I showed that to my wife, she cackled the whole time through. She's like, this is supposed to be scary? And I'm going, you're demented, and this is why we're in love.
5: Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) So they set the house on fire to escape Lee and Kelly, and they think they burn... Agnes and Billy to death. Mm-hmm. But uh oh.
0: But you don't see him die, so you know they're not yeah. dead. True. Exactly. So let's remake Halloween
5: 2 in six minutes or less. <laughs> and Wes and Wes Craven is sitting down taking notes for our scream four at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. so Kelly and Lee are in the hospital recovering, but uh oh. Yeah. Billy and Agnes are still alive. And Billy kills Mm. the morgue assistant. And when Kelly's going for her x ray, Agnes comes into the room. Well, she appears through a ceiling, right? Like Spider Man. Yeah, Yeah, she drops down to the ceiling. ceiling. Yeah. They mostly (laughs) come out
0: at night, mostly.
5: And how? Yes, thank you. (laughs) And how does Kelly, Jay, how does Kelly kill her? Oh, with you know, this this uh,
3: junior uh, lit major, of course, knows how to work a defibrillator. So she <laughs> powers up the paddles and, yeah, 300 jewels right to the temple, baby. Woo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and fries her, too, like a Christmas cookie. It's, just, it's so <laughs> bad, it's worse.
5: And, and Billy is <laughs> not too happy about this because he comes in moments later and chases Kelly to the stairwell where they fight, and Kelly ends up pushing this enormous man over the railing, where he impales himself on the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And we get a close-up of the
3: intestines, and I'm so disappointed in this movie because we don't get a screw your Christmas or anything out of that.
5: At this this moment, during the test screenings, Bob and Harvey stood up and applauded themselves because they were the ones who added this ending when it
4: didn't end like this,
0: um, yeah, Harvey zipped up um, his pants and and gave himself ugh. a round of applause.
4: Gag. how was it supposed to end? Does anybody know?
5: I think it's supposed to end with the house fire and keep it ambiguous. Okay, it's to end in the house fire. Oh so, yeah, and, uh, like ambiguity. Lee and
3: and Kelly are on the lawn together and, and the little uh, the uh, what's the name of the song that's playing here? The da, 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 da. I should know that, but I don't know. It's called um, the neckcracker Suite, the, right? Is that from the NFL? the
0: okay. Sugar Plum Fairies. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. it's it supposed to end with that, that, that kind of ominous thing. But the way it ends here is it like, it's like the wrong motif at all. Like, you should have done that at the house, and then we go to the hospital. That's when you got to like break in like the, the Creed song or what the heck ever, you know, for 2006 <laughs> audiences. Nickelback, I guess, would have been the thing at that moment, you know, because Kelly's badass at that point, right? Because that's the look on her face. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they the...
0: should have been like sitting out the outside of the burning house, like yeah, yeah, sharing a bottle of whiskey. of whiskey, like the end of the yep. thing. Except either right. one of yes, yeah. the thing.
2: We're,
0: we're just
3: gonna wait here to see for New Year's.
5: <laughs> for the record, in a 2014 interview with Morgan, the director. He claimed that his inclusion of a second killer was under the urging of Dimension Films executives. Quote, oh, I, fe- I felt that a $10 million movie of Black Christmas didn't need anyone's help. They should have left us alone, but they had to have the two <laughs> killers, and then they were after the kids in the OC. We compromised a lot. And- oh, gosh.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't really want to blame him. He turned in a competently made, well shot, you know, I, it doesn't look bad. It's not dark. I've I mean, got to see everything it. in this movie. It's but a gorgeous-looking movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, th- th- but this movie clearly is compromised to heck and back. I mean, there's no doubt that hmm. there were a lot of hands on this.
0: The cinematographer for this movie has like a garbage bag full of like cinematography awards because he keeps oh, wow. winning. Like, what did the Canadian Society of Cinematographers? He just Throughout the eighties, he literally won one three years in a row, and then he won three in a row in the nineties. And I know it's just Canada, but he, he also on gets
5: Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, well, he worked I'm... on uh, he worked on Millennium. He worked on the Lone Gunman show. Uh, he did Final mm-hmm. Destination and Final Destination three. He did actually some of my favorite episodes of Game of Thrones. He did this movie. He did Curse with Wes Craven. Uh, he did the second unit on the Golden Compass movie, which is bad, but it looked good.
4: Um, it's a
0: beautiful movie he did a bunch of tv he did what he did some work on Westworld, on uh which is another tv show that looks amazing and way better than has any right to um he worked on a show that i remember and really liked but i don't think anyone else remembers uh the human target show that they had on Hmm. fox for like six episodes
3: i think it's fair to call call out the work here uh, for uh, not not Richard Robert McLaughlin and and Glenn Morgan, like they clearly had a craft. And I'm with you, Ron. I kind of wonder if there if there is a Glenn Morgan cut of this, what it would look like and how it would go. It might be it might actually be shorter. It'd probably be like 75 minutes long uh, because goodness knows the movie didn't need more plot. But it might have got somewhere and had less contrivances involved.
5: I'll say this. There have now been three Black Christmas movies, and it's a good concept in theory, because look, you know, people have done it better. Look at Halloween, right? But uh, they just have not executed it well, in my opinion, across all three. And I know I was joking before, being facetious, when I said the best Black Christmas movie hasn't been made yet. It's a sequel to Halloween, where Michael Myers just kills people at Christmas. But Mm-hmm. that's all they need to do to <laughs> do the original okay, i'll make it simpler for you anthony the thing we've been pounding
3: for after uh, forever why not have jason Voorhees make the best black christmas ever the, the friday the 13th in the snow that everybody's wanted for years exactly like that would be yes that would be the best black christmas movie
0: i mean friday december 13th are you kidding me that would I, be perfect yes
3: <laughs> We're talking about raking in the dough. Go get your Christmas shopping done early. Jason's bringing the sleigh. It writes <laughs> itself. <toll. laughs>
5: oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of these days they'll make a black Christmas movie. We're like, oh, that was awesome. But for me, that hasn't happened yet.
2: Mm-mm.
5: The most awesome thing about this movie for me. And I bet Julia probably agrees. I was talking about it with you guys tonight.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. I would like to go on record, Anthony, before you go any further, to say that I love this movie. It is stupid. It makes no sense. But they do not let the plot get in the way of a good story. And it, that is, the story is a guy kills a bunch of people at a sorority house on Christmas. It is
2: not- <laughs>
3: if you want to see all the people you hated in high school and freshman year of college get slaughtered mercilessly, while David Cassidy's daughter somehow outwits them all like she's John friggin' McLean, then this is your movie.
5: It again, it's not my least favorite. It's my favorite of the three Black Christmases, <laughs> and it's not my least favorite Christmas slash horror Halloween movie out there. So there's it's like
3: your favorite Winger album,
5: though. Oh <laughs> <Well>, yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> the, the bar is where it is. <laughs>
5: And you're probably at it if you're talking about thinking about this movie. I, I'll <laughs> say this because this is a Christmas podcast. I think what puts over the edge of me is the atmosphere because this movie had it in droves. Yeah. It looked beautiful. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, it's very, yeah. They really do
3: the Christmas part of this up, like I'll, I'll and they get all the sides of it. So
2: mm-hmm. the, the
3: bitter part of Christmas and the uh, tragic, and then also the people that are determined to get it. I, I feel like the two. This little part, like where they're trying to get one of the girls to come down and play or whatever. And this girl's like, you're clearly an only child. And like, if you don't come down in five minutes, I'm opening your presents from the other girl. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good right there. I, I, that was funny. I, good. humor.
0: There's some good stuff in this movie. Uh, not enough of it. And it's not held together by anything, but there's some stuff in this movie that I think really works.
3: Yeah. It's not nearly like of all the post scream horror movie and horror remake things. Like it's not even the worst by far. It's it's it looks better than three, four of it. I mean, it's it's again if you just don't you know if it's, a, it's the kind of movie that you can put on while you're wrapping presents or vacuuming the dog or something like that. Like, it Doesn't require a lot of you, and it's not going to ask a whole bunch of you. Just be there and enjoy. It's kind of like a Taco Bell.
5: <laughs> so listeners, ringing endorsement there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. i think it's clear so, this I mean, is this is a christmas movie there's no argument that did it have sure. a Linus moment
4: i mean you get those moments towards the end where they talk about how important their sisterhood is right family so family comes up in both negative and positive ways <laughs> where our killers are fixated yeah. on family so are our survivors or the survivor so
0: i don't know yeah. Well, you get that moment where Space Above and Beyond is trying to, to, they're trying to get everybody to leave, or Kyle's trying to get everybody to leave, and, and the girl from Space Above and Beyond uh, says something about her sister, and he says, he says, your sister's dead, and she says, and she looks at um Kelly and says, my sister's right here, or something like that, so there's a brief, mm-hmm. she, she comes around on her dislike of the sorority she was a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she sees that there's, they're still good in them, Luke.
2: So, mm-hmm. yeah.
5: Well, I must ask if you guys were going to, ra- if we were going to rate this on a scale of one to ten, what would you all rank it?
0: Uh, we don't rate things on a scale of one to ten. We do things <laughs> by popcorn ratings. Because you're better and, than yeah. we
4: are. And I'm confused by,
0: <laughs> and I'm confused by the concept of um, numbers.
4: You should be. It's worth yeah
3: yeah i don't I don't understand numbers at all. All I know is is small to extra large with modifying
4: <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday I'm gonna get my popcorn sizes.
2: This is this is
3: in, in film popcorn parlance is that carnival popper popcorn. You know, like if you get the right parts of it, it's perfectly mm. salty and buttery at the same time, but you're going to have to dig through some burnt kernels and a few of just the random white pieces that have nothing, <laughs> no flavor to them. They're just cardboard. And, you know, you'll eat half the paper, but there's enough in there to enjoy. So it's like a, a, a decent medium popcorn for what it is. Like if you don't expect that to be, you know, gourmet Orville Redenbacher, then, you know, you, you will get what you Want from from this movie? I'll say that about.
0: It. I would also go with a medium popcorn, but my popcorn is be going to be a little different. My popcorn is going to be, um, a thing of when you've been out enjoying yourself and you've had a few uh, beverages of choice, and you come home and there's nothing to eat, but you're hungry, so you make a bag of popcorn, and you house the bag of popcorn, and you're like, oh, okay, that's great, <laughs> and, and it and it it you will regret it the next day. You will regret it probably an hour after you eat the popcorn. But at the time it's great. And at the time it's, it's exactly what you want it to be And this movie will not hold up to scrutiny, but if you look past the scrutiny and you look at the things that if you look at the set pieces that this movie does well, and there are quite a few of them, then I I think you would be very happy with it. So it's a drunk medium popcorn to me.
5: (laughs) Well anticipate well, podcast well, terms, I will jump on the bandwagon and give it a five. So rate that medium popcorn area.
4: Yeah, I'll I say ga- three.
5: I gave it a five based on the fact that I gave the original a four point five.
0: So, Zero. So you, <laughs> so you
5: say you say you say three, Julia? Yeah, I say three. But so that gives us an average of a four. Five plus three divided by two. So four. Yeah.
4: I don't know <laughs> if it's right. I don't or know. Not. You're, you're asking the my of you.
3: to do the math. Now you got problems. Okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know where listeners what listeners think of this movie and where they can let us know. Where can they do that?
4: Uh they can go to link tree slash to the podcast and it gets them to all of our social media stuff. Um, our reddit our very very active facebook page um and really that's the place to be if you want to chit chat with like-minded christmas folk um about this or other episodes um that's where you go and it gets more and more active the closer we get to christmas so lots of fun stuff coming um there as well you'll also have a link to our patreon site you've heard mention a few times of this magical halloween horror Mm -hmm. bracket um, I which, guess not Halloween, just horror bracket. Uh, if you want to, uh, listen to that episode, which Jay and I are super excited about, uh, when it comes yeah. out, the place you're going to have to be for that is Patreon. Um, there's a lot of extra content on Patreon that does not hit our regular feed and never will. There's some that sometimes hits our regular feed too. Um, but it is all fun and you get to hear a lot more, um, of, I mean, Jay and Ron, I'm pretty sure, or, all mm-hmm. up in that Patreon from years so, past as well.
5: Yeah, so this year it was gonna be stacked for Halloween season. Jay and Ron, along with Jerry and Kendall and Matt Spaulding, we did our ten best horror movie moments, which that was a lot of fun to do. Uh, listeners, Julia and I did our own Tis the podcast version of the podcast Ruined, where I walk her through a hot. Ha- horror movie plot she's never seen before and she reacts and we did that for the two terrifier movies and the exorcist and we'll do it for the exorcist believer as well when that comes out and the bracket the bracket episode which i think if julian up for it i kind of want to drop that in the main feed because that's such a labor hey i'm up for
4: anything so
0: which bracket are you talking about the one we did
5: yes 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 yes
0: that's gonna drop in the feed and, and your your listener feedback is gonna be why the jingle bells are we listening to this? <laughs> <laughs>
5: well done, well done. Well, because it was lost. <laughs> Next week, Halloween month in our main feed continues. Well, it really kicks off. This is kind of our transition episode into spooky season. Next week, we will be covering Casper with friend of the pod, Natalie Beckel, who's never seen it before. Uh, The week after that, we are welcoming Ron and Jay's co-host, Lindsay, to the podcast, the main feed for the first time. And she will be joining us with Kendall to cover Scream 3. Then Halloween Town High, then Freddy vs. Jason, then Halloween Kills. So stacked October. And if you want to hear more of Ron and Jay, if you liked what you heard tonight, If you like them on all the other episodes you've heard them on, if you like listening to Ron Ramble for four and a half hours on the bracket episode, uh, where can they find more of you guys?
0: Great. You can find Filmstrip on all of the social media at Filmstrip Pod. You can also like, rate, and review the show once you've listened to it. Well, you don't have to listen to it. You can just show up and give it five stars. I'm cool with that. I'm sure Jay is too. You can find us. I'm very cool with that. Our pod is casted wherever fine podcasts can be found, and also podcasts like ours, which, uh, can be fine and can be an insane experiment in suffering because Jay uh, did all of the Hellraiser movies, which <laughs> is an experiment in suffering, and we also have lots of fun uh Christmas content on our site as well and a few other special seasonal episodes uh, i know one of julia's favorites that i did with our good friend mike michael scott from action for everyone where we just talked about how handsome dan stevens is for like an hour and a half <laughs> which is uh also a thanksgiving I episode i believe because isn't that didn't that movie take place at no it takes place at halloween so yeah it
3: was it was part of a shocktober yeah
0: so. yeah so and we have some great stuff coming for this shocktober. Including the best prank someone has pulled on Anthony, at least you know in recent memory.
3: And if I may say so myself, maybe the most unique delivery of a plot summary we've ever had
0: in the history of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's two really. We've really pulled out all the stops for uh, Shocktober this this year, between being cruel to Anthony and and Jay. Inventing a whole new style of podcast uh, plot summary that <laughs> has literally never been done before and probably will never be done again, unless you know we can all guilt I, trip him.
5: I would love to. I want to know how you're going to trick me when you eventually have me on for Terrifier two.
0: <laughs> We're <laughs> to we'll
5: invite you on to do Still Magnolias or something like that.
0: <laughs> no, we'll invite him on to do Terrifier two, and then we'll switch it to something else. There we
3: go. <laughs> Today, we're here to talk about the Meryl Street Classic One <laughs> <laughs> Uh
0: Music from the... What, what's that, uh, Wes Craven? Music from the heart? Oh, music from the heart, yes. Yeah. That,
5: that's terror beyond dimension, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> but listeners, check them out, because strip is always a good time. I love that show. Mm-hmm. It's got me through many me hours of work. Love guesting on that one. Thank you. Love having Jay and Ron on our show. Especially every October. One of these days, we have to get you guys on for non October episodes.
3: Always happy to do. Thank, thank y'all because y'all have been great pod friends and just great friends as well. So we really appreciate y'all. Always good to come on and have a good time here at the podcast. What's
0: right sad is do you've done movies that I've suggested <laughs> for your podcast and didn't have me on those episodes. But that's okay. <laughs> I forgive you. In the spirit of Christmas, uh, in the spirit of Festivus, I had to air that grievance, and, and now in the spirit of Christmas, I will forgive everyone.
5: Talk to our scheduler, Ron.
0: I thought I was, Anthony.
5: You are. Ron, I already promised you next year you can come on for Cranjistic Basketball when we cover the Impractical Jokers Christmas Spectacular... <laughs> Five hour thing.
0: That is that is so great. Oh man, <laughs> I love that joke still. That, that's still <laughs> one of my favorite jokes. That and Larry. I, I'm just going to put it out
3: there right now. There's a really good Christmas episode of in the third season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that I am always happy to come on and talk about with you guys. It's nice. actually a pretty good episode
5: too. So. TV month next year, Julia. Early next year. Good one. Sure, sounds good to me. Buffy Christmas. Jay. Making note of that right. And Ron, I can't wait. I I need you on the Impractical Jokers one so we can laugh while Julia and Tom roll their eyes. And speaking of rolling (laughs) their their eyes, as you all know, Julia got a review last week where they said oh.
4: Did I get another one?
5: No, no, no. this is two weeks ago. I apologize. Where, watch? they made a comment about how you roll your eyes and you've been exasperated all the time or something like that. Um, (laughs) Good, good friend of the show, Stephen Beach wrote on Facebook. He's going through the back catalog of episodes now because it's Christmas. Did you see this
4: thread, Julia? I did. I did <laughs> see this.
5: I I noticed he didn't comment, so I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. <laughs> but he, he wrote, I miss the early episodes where Anthony's absolutely irrational about ranking. Quote, this was the worst film ever. I hated it. I was just a waste of everyone's time. I give it a 9.89. You're still wrote, that way. <laughs> then he wrote about Julia... While we're getting into it, maybe Julia has changed the most. Early episodes, quote, Well, I didn't love it, but there were some good things, and I don't want to be mean. Now, quote, It's a Christmas <laughs> film. Does it matter? Scene one, scene them all. <laughs> and I don't think I'm that we're... jaded. <laughs> they said about Tom. Annoyingly, Tom is very consistent at being Tom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is both a uh, compliment and a backhanded compliment at the same time.
5: (laughs) Disco, we always love your feedback. Um, (laughs) We also did get a nice review on Facebook in our group. Uh, Dale Dimas wrote, I came to the podcast a year or so, I think maybe two, for a specific review. I don't recall what nor how I heard about the show and then went all the way back to the beginning. From the get-go, the respect slash affection of the hosts was evident, and the report grew, the inside jokes, the community. I absolutely look forward to every week's show. Keep on keeping on, y'all. So, Phil, thank oh, you. Super that was nice. lovely. That was very nice. But we will keep on keeping on, especially into these burr months, into this October spooky season, because we only have 2,184 hours till Christmas.
4: Uh that's ninety-one days, y'all.
3: I gotta go
0: start shopping.
5: <laughs> yeah, for real.
4: You gotta be time here, Ron.
5: You gotta guess the weeks without looking it up.
0: Um that would be twelve weeks. Thirteen weeks.
4: There it is. That's such a Halloween number, too. Oh, it is. Yeah. Mm. Too bad it
5: wasn't Black Friday the thirteenth. Thirteen.
0: Mm. <laughs> Hmm. Six hundred and sixty-six 66 days until Christmas <laughs> in two and a half years or whatever.
3: <laughs> That's going to be the next Exorcist movie probably.
0: There's got to be an Amityville Christmas somewhere sometime. i
3: certain there are four of them. There's an there. Amityville about a clock. An Amityville uh, Amityville about about uh, Bella Thorne is
5: like a Ouija
3: board expert or some nonsense. Amityville Dollhouse. It came came out
0: last year.
5: Amityville Christmas Vacation. It's on Tubi.
0: (laughs) It's are you serious? Oh my gosh! Christmas time (laughs) (laughs) again.
5: (laughs) The plot: a wacky parody of both Amityville movies and romantic Christmas films. Wally wins a trip to Amityville and his antics lead to a ghost falling in love with him, can the spirit of Christmas bring them together inside of this famous haunted house?
0: That's know. the exact opposite of what I want. I don't want a parody. I want...
5: <laughs> no! Straight legit. Up,
0: I want a straight-up Amityville Christmas. Yeah. Speaking of things with... Get out! With-
2: Leave the milk and cookies! Well,
5: That's <laughs> what I want. It does star Autumn Ivy as a ghost. Get a stripper. I, I assume she is a stripper of some sort. St- stripper <laughs> or ex-Disney star. You choose.
0: <laughs> it's both. It's always both. Yes.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, Ron and Jay, always a pleasure. We love having you on. We love talking to you guys.
4: Yeah, we love you guys. Yeah, love you guys too. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for having
0: us. And since Tom's not here to do it, bye!
1: Oh, Mr. Kringle is soon gonna jingle, the bells that'll tingle all your troubles away, everybody's waiting for the man with the bag, cause Christmas is coming again, he's got a sleigh full, it's not gonna stay full, he's got stuff to drop at every stop of the way, everybody's waiting for the man with the bag, cause Christmas is coming again, he'll be that you've made through the year you'll get yours if you've done everything you should extra special good he'll make this December the one you'll remember the best and the merriest you ever did have everybody's waiting for the man with a bag Christmas is here The best and the merriest you ever did have. Everybody's waiting, they're all congregating, waiting for the man with the bag. Better watch out now.